Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Well, thank you, Pastor Harold. Uh, That is so encouraging and we appreciate you. And good to see that you're looking so much better. God bless you. And now, wow, have we not had a time of Pentecost so far. I remember, you know, that first message when God spoke to me about the true purpose of Pentecost. And I really hope that by this time we all are beginning to see the value of uh, all of this. And then, of course, there is the, um, the message that God gave me on a hunger for holiness and a hunger for revival. And wow, how God is working in my own life concerning that. And then, of course, Pastor George and Pastor Jock. And here we are, Wednesday evening of the Feast of Pentecost. So today I want to talk to you about repairing the altar and preparing the sacrifice. Repairing the altar and preparing the sacrifice. This is something that really, really just touched me so deep. And Matthew 5 verse 6, of course, is still our text for uh, the messages that I'm bringing. And here we have blessed are those, blessed are those. If you want to be blessed, you've got to do the following. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. How wonderful to know that as I look through this camera lens right now, to you there in your room yes you I'm speaking to you and the person sitting next to you and everybody watching right now and I say to you whether we gather together here in church or whether it is like this the Holy Spirit is with you now and he is saying to you blessed are you if you hunger and thirst after righteousness because the promise is for you you shall be filled hallelujah those waiting in the upper room it's fascinating, you know, if you've ever been to, to Jerusalem and you've been to the upper room, you will see there uh, how that actually uh, works. It's a small place. Imagine 120 people in there and all of them just hungry for God and, and thirsty for God. But I always wonder what did they do while they were gathered there together? What did they do? I tell you now, you can imagine they obviously had to eat and they had to drink some water or whatever ever else but they had a hunger and a thirst in the spirit and they started to do introspection and to search their hearts and what did they have they had the promise of the father for uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 4 oh here is and being assembled together with them he Jesus commanded them not requested them not gave a friendly invitation no commanded them And I think tonight that command is still for us during Pentecost 2021 that we will seriously get on our knees. This night even I have that in my heart that we would get on our knees and that we should begin to remind God of the promise that is for us also commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. I tell you, as we wait for the promise of the Father, He shall never ever disappoint us. What do you think they did while they were sitting there? They reminded themselves of the promise as they did their introspection. What was the promise? Acts 1 verse 8. I spoke about that. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, He said the purpose of the power is to witness they started to repair the altars of their heart and I tell
tell you they realized that they were becoming living sacrifices on this altar. You see, God will always pour out His fire on a heart that has been prepared. How prepared are we to receive the fire? I believe that this weekend coming on Sunday morning and evening, the fire of God is going to fall upon you. And yes, I see you raising your hands already in anticipation saying, Here am I, Lord. I am prepared. Is your altar repaired already? And is your sacrifice prepared? You see, these ones were ordinary people like you and I. They were nothing special. I don't think they had exceptional maybe intellectuality. They did not have financial backing of big uh, budgets uh, to run a revival. No, all they had is they had a hungry heart for God and a thirsty heart for God. Yet the word of the Lord speaks about them in Acts 17 verse 6 where it says, in, listen to this. This is what I want for revival. It says, these men, and I would add women, that are going around here are turning the world upside down and bringing a shaking. Is that what we want? Imagine if we walk into our workplaces, as I said, and a shaking takes place. Imagine what God will do for you and for I. What was different about them? They had just experienced a huge huge infilling from the Holy Spirit, a baptism with the Holy Spirit. My brother and sister, on Sunday, I believe that the Holy Spirit will go from house to house and begin to pour out His power into the lives of individuals. Evan Roberts said it so well, and the words actually brought people to tears. I could see it as I was, as I was uh, reading it and ministering it when he said, it's useless praying for the fire. Uh, of heaven to descend if the altar is unbuilt and the sacrifice unprepared. We have to begin to look at the sacrifice, me, but I also have to begin to look at my altar that I am building. And am I challenged? Of course I am challenged. He said that the secret to revival is waiting in obedience for the promise. This is what we're doing. I don't know how it is going to happen. I don't know what supernatural manifestation God is going to bring about in your life as this Pentecost of 21 takes place. You know, just uh, two nights ago, I think uh, last night. Yeah, it was last night, actually. No, the night before. Let me tell you this, what happened. I was sleeping and suddenly I heard the sound of a mighty rushing rainstorm coming my way. And you remember what I told you about that wind that came when I was on the mountain praying for the rest of my, or my life forward? You know what happened that night? God visited me and the power of the Holy Spirit came upon me when that rainstorm came past. You might say it was just a rainstorm. No, if you have spiritual ears and spiritual eyes and they're opened. God will begin to use the ordinary to bring extraordinary messages into your heart. Paul gives advice also 
concerning this. And Romans 12 verse 1 and 2, well-known portion of scripture. It says, I beseech you, I beseech you. Now I beseech you, brethren and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice. You know, there's a huge difference between a dead sacrifice and a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is one where you commit that sacrifice to the Lord and you can never ever get off the altar once you've gotten onto the altar. Although when the fire gets hot, you might say, uh-uh, I can't do this anymore. A dead sacrifice just lies there and is consumed so that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And that's not only for one day or one occasion. It is a sacrifice that is there until Jesus comes back. Holy, that means separated and acceptable. In other words, prepared to God, which is your reasonable service, not your extraordinary service. Just the basic is that you give yourself as a living sacrifice. This is what we're busy doing here. And Romans 12 verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to say to you, dear brother and sister, as you're sitting there, Take introspection, make deep introspection, look into your heart and say, Father, if there is anything in me that is not pleasing to you, I give you the permission to cut it out and to take it away. Make me, shake me, mold me, Lord, but I want to be an acceptable sacrifice to you. Can you say amen wherever you are? A living sacrifice is one that goes on every moment of every day saying here am I Lord use me do with me whatever you want to as I said a dead sacrifice have got no feeling no wall no nothing it just lies there and is consumed another thing is is that a living sacrifice um, goes on 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 but a dead sacrifice is a once off sacrifice I have been crucified with Christ as you know so well, my favorite scripture, it is no longer I who live. So I know that God has made me a living sacrifice. And this is what we need to be. Can you imagine Abraham when he took his son Isaac up onto that mountain? The son asked him, Father, here is the wood and, and there is the altar. But where is the sacrifice? And he did not know that he was going to become that sacrifice. This is the reality of a living sacrifice do you know that once he was tied to that altar he could not get off there again he was waiting for the knife only God could provide the ram in the bush and just by the way the place of your sacrifice will always be the place of God's provision for you so in the case of an animal if it was killed it was done once and for all but as living sacrifices we've got to prepare to walk with God all the days of our life until Jesus comes. As I said, Galatians 2 verse 20. This is my life. I have been crucified with Christ. And I can say that I am no longer alive because Christ is living in me. And therefore I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. You see, that is what makes the difference. A living sacrifice can only be a living sacrifice if Christ lives through you and in you and you've presented yourself to him. It is like 
like me saying, Lord, here am I. Everything that I have, my hands, my feet, my ears, my eyes, my faculties, everything I give it to you. Once you've done that, you can identify with Isaiah in Isaiah 6, 8, where he overheard in the presence of the Lord, the Lord saying, whom will I send and who will go for me? And Isaiah responded, here are my Lord, send me. Here are my Lord, use me. Here are my Lord, I'm a surrendered vessel to you. We're busy preparing our bodies as living sacrifices for the Lord. Any sacrifice must be separated and holy unto the Lord. You know, I always refer back to these old choruses, and I remember the one that really blesses me. It says, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. You are the potter, and I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. I tell you, if you place yourself on the altar and you say, here am I, Lord, use me. I tell you, like Pastor George said, Pastor Jock said, Pastor Harold teaches us, God will use you. God cannot resist a sacrifice that is holy and acceptable. He cannot resist an altar prepared and repaired. I surrender all is another one that I often sing. I surrender all. And it's a song that's hard to sing because you cannot sing it if you don't mean it. Can you imagine what God will do with one person that says, here are my Lord. You know, there is a saying that says, the secret of holy boldness is a man or a woman standing in the presence of God continuously. If you have opened ears and God begin to speak to you and through you, imagine what he can do. Imagine what this world will look like. Oh, I'm hungry for revival. Hallelujah. Everyone out there. Everyone in here, me and the people that work with me here in the studio and so on. I want to say to you this one thing we need to do. Introspection. Father, show me if there's anything that is not pleasing to you. Deuteronomy 6.5. We read what it is to have a life of total consecration. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all all your soul, with all your strength, not a little bit. This speaks of a life completely surrendered. You see, a sacrifice implies no longer I, but here are my Lord, use me. The altar reminded us of broken relationships. How do you know tonight if your altar is rebuilt or in ruins? Listen. I found something that really blessed me. And I'm going to stick close to my notes just for a while because I don't want you to miss this. I want you to get this. And if you have a pen, make notes now and give yourself marks out of 10. Lord, is my altar properly prepared to receive this sacrifice or is my altar not 
properly prepared. It all has to do with my first love. Am I, Tiens Blom, are you still really in love with God as when we first came to the Lord? When my delight in the Lord is no longer as great as my delight in others. In other words, if there's anybody or anything higher than myself, or than God rather, if there's anything higher than God, that is where we need to take note and give a tick and say, it needs to be repaired. When my soul does not long for times of fellowship with the Lord, as in my earlier days, do I still, am I still in a place where I cannot wait to get to God, where I long to be with God, my lover? When my thoughts are not so much upon the Lord anymore. In other words, when my thinking processes uh, is in a place where it does not involve God the way that it's supposed to. When I'm not willingly and cheerfully giving to God my resources, my time. And you know what? Even other people, we always give to God. But you know that if you, if you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. I think the scripture says in verse uh, or number seven here, it says, I view the commandments of Christ as restrictions. No, the commandments are there for my protection. When I inwardly strive for the praise of the world and man more than to please God and receive his uh, words of affirmation. You see, these are points where all of them point that God is not number one and the love of my heart anymore. When I fail to make Christ and his words known to people around me. In other words, when I'm shy and I'm embarrassed to talk about the Lord, that's why I said that it is important to have God first in your life. When I fear rejection, when I fear that I am going to offend other people, then it is when I have to say, my God, something is wrong in my life. When I become complacent about sinful behavior in my life, when I make excuses, oh, I'm only human, and we begin to rationalize and compromise. When I'm unable to forgive other people, do you know that there are people listening to me right now that walk in unforgiveness, yet you ask for God's forgiveness? God cannot forgive if you do not forgive first. If I suffer of these things, I have begun to lose, lose my first love. If Jesus Christ is not your first love anymore, this altar needs to be repaired. How do we prepare and how do we repair this altar? How do we then begin to say, I am a living sacrifice and my altar is ready, O Lord. Here I am. This is hopefully what's going to happen and by faith going to happen on this Sunday. Remember, I am the sacrifice, but my Christian habits and the things I do and believe in my frame of reference, that is my altar. So if my Christian actions are not in place, my sacrifice have got no place to lie upon. 
What is this altar? The altar is a place of serious consecration. You know, John G. Lake have a whole list of things that he says. I promise today to do the following. And it'll do you good just to Google and to find it and to read up on it again. We need to make a list of things where we say, Father, I am giving myself completely to you and I commit to do the following in the days to come. As we rededicate our all to the Lord, God will come and take his place. It's a place of consecration. It's a place where the fire must never go out. Leviticus 6 verse 13 speaks about it, that the fire may never go out. Are we in a place where we're on fire on Sunday in church, but from Monday to Saturday, the fire has gone out? Or are we in a place that every morning we receive new oil from the Holy Spirit to light our lamps for the day ahead? Once the fire falls, it may never go out again. The altar is a place of confession and repentance. My dear brother and sister, I want you to come to a place where you again say, My God, with tears I come before you and I say, I am sorry for these things that I do that I know offend you. Maybe the words we speak, maybe actions, maybe thought patterns. When last did we really weep in the presence of God. Revival will not cost you anything except a broken heart, sacrificed with tears, in obedient surrender. This is what consecration really means. When sin patterns establish itself in our hearts, something happens. God cannot uh, look upon sin. He had to even turn his face away from his own son when Jesus took the sins of the world upon himself. Isaiah 59 verse 2 speaks about the fact that our sins have cut us off from God. Because of sin, he has turned his face from you and will not listen to you anymore. It is serious. And we need to deal with sin patterns in our lives. You know, John 1, 1 John 1 verse 9 is also still true. And thank God for that. That if you confess your sins, if you confess your sins, He is faithful and He will forgive your sins. He is faithful, my dear brother and sister, and He'll forgive. Imagine what we would have done without Jesus. God is still the same God. Jesus still makes the difference in our lives. And then we see that if we repent the fire will come back into our lives and just by the way we sometimes want to let go of things to get closer to God now get closer to God and the things will leave you Reinhard Bonker said that flies cannot sit on a hot stove plate hallelujah the altar is the place where we surrender and we exchange my old self for the new Christfold person that I am our own righteousness is just like filthy rags. Isaiah 64, 6 tells us, repent, come back to the Lord. It's the place of consecration. And it is also the place where we need to repent of our wrongdoings. My brother and sister, when Peter walked out of there, changed into another person, everybody looked at them and said, what must we do? We also want this. 
And he answered, uh, Acts 2 verse 38, Repent and let every one of you, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 3 verse 19, Repent therefore and be converted. Repent means I walk in this direction, I turn around and I walk in the opposite direction. Your life can never be the same again. Metanuo is the place where we make a decision and that decision brings different actions to the foreground. The altar is a place of prayer. It is a place where revivals are born in your own life and for those out there. Second Chronicles 7 verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, it's going to take us to humble ourselves to pray and to seek my face. We've got to seek his face until he answers. Turn from our wicked ways. That is metanuo, to turn from our wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive and I will heal. That is the God I want you to come in contact with as you prepare and repair the altar and the sacrifice. I want to say to you the altar is a place where we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. John 7 verse 37, Jesus stood up and he cried out. That means he was desperate. He cried out and he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He's tonight saying to you, how thirsty are you? Come and drink from the living water. The invitation is yours. The rivers of living water still need to flow in and through our lives. Right now, there is a need in this world for a fresh fire baptism, a revival. And the altar is a place of worship. God inhabits the praises of His people. How much do we worship Him? How much do we praise Him? How often is it that we do not worship Him in the way that we're supposed to? Psalm 43 verse 4. The psalmist says, I will go to the altar of God and there I will praise him. What was the praise? What was the praise? He encouraged himself as we read in verse 5. And he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Speak to yourself. And he says, I hope in God. God is the one that's going to answer our prayers as we repair and prepare this altar of ours in the presence of God. The altar is the place of restoration of hope. And you can go and read 1 Kings 18. My time is catching up with me. But go and read 1 Kings 18. There is a lot still to be said about that one. I want to come in for a close and say, tonight we've got to make a decision. We've got to look at the prayer that Elijah prayed there in 1 Kings 18. It was only a 21 second prayer, but it was intense. How serious are we as we begin to repair this altar? How serious are we as we begin to 
to prepare the sacrifice which is I. The reins of revival will come. Restoration will come. And we take Paul's advice in Philippians 3 verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself as having apprehended. But one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting the things, forgetting the things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I am looking forward to a revival that's going to shake this world. I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Leonard Ravenshill have written much about revivals and he said the following. He said, we sure need a heaven-born, earth-shaking, hell-terrifying, sin-shattering revival. And this is what we need right now. I remind myself as of a song that really touched me. And the Afrikaans version is the only one available. But it says, My alles is op die altar en wachtend op die vier. Wachtend, wachtend. Now in the English, my all is upon the altar. This sacrifice, my all, is upon the altar that I'm preparing as I consecrate and rededicate my life to the Lord, waiting for the fire. And now, dear brother and sister, as we close this evening, I want you to go on your knees and I want you to begin to cry out to God as they now go into worship as we end this evening. Do it on your knees. Lift up your hands. Begin to cry out to God and say, my God, here am I, a prepared sacrifice on a repaired altar. May God bless you. See you on Sunday. And this is going to be Pentecost 2021 with the fire of God falling. Bless you. I pray now, Lord, that as people go on their knees, they will begin to cry out to you. They will begin to call out to you. They will begin to do introspection. They will begin to remind you of the promises that you have made them and given to them, O oh God. I pray, Father, that the fires now begin to fall in the hearts of every believer, every person that is tuned in tonight. Lord, whenever they watch this, even at their workplace, oh God, that your fire will come down in the hearts of every hearer. For your glory we ask it in Jesus' name. And if you agree with me, say amen. Continue to pray as we now worship the Lord. Bless you and see you again soon. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.